Hello and welcome back, everybody, to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. I don't know when you're listening to this, but uh, we just rolled over into 2023 as I'm recording it, and it makes me excited to um, face another year going committed to God's Scripture with you guys, uh, one verse of the day at a time, uh, making context very important, and always trying to see where we can see Jesus in the verses and how we can grow closer to him personally uh, through the things we read in the verses, okay? So we'll just dive right in. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 today, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, I'd love to do a poll sometime as to how many people have read or how often you've read 1 Corinthians versus 2. My guess would be this 1 Corinthians gets all the play, uh, which is funny because there's a lot of good stuff in 2 Corinthians. Of course, you never play one book of the Bible off of another, but I think maybe Second Corinthians is not looked into as much, and that's a that's not good. So, we're going to go a little ways in repairing that today. Okay, so we're going to be in Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. Reading from the ESV, it says, "And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work." Now, as far as a verse of the day goes, that's hard to beat, isn't it? God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. I mean, it's just a beautiful statement of, you know, a forward-driven, grace-driven, Holy Spirit-empowered Christian life. Um, That's not just about me, but is about other people and abounding in every good work. So it's pretty cool. But the other things um, I'd love to point out here too is right off the bat I see this is a great um, this is this verse is great at expanding our view of grace, okay? Because too often this of course is my opinion, but it and also my experience is that God's grace can sometimes be limited to the forgiveness of sins. Which Amen to the forgiveness of sins. Am I right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's huge. It's central to the gospel, and I thank God for the forgiveness of sins, and that is a huge part of grace. But the New Testament uses the word grace in a much uh, fuller sense. So grace can often stand in not only for God's work in our lives through Jesus Christ in forgiving our sins, but also in empowering us for the Christian life. So and this verse illustrates that, and it says God is able to make all grace abound to you, okay? So that goes beyond just the forgiveness of your sins. If God makes his grace abound to you, that means you'd have all sufficiency in all things at all times so that you may abound in every good work. Another thing I love about this verse is Christian abundance. Um, We talk about sometimes here on the podcast. Just gets redirected in a wrongful way totally towards money or a happy life. Uh, You know, God has got no problem with you being happy. Um. He does warn about wanting a lot of money, so we have to be very careful about that. And it's definitely a misuse of the Bible to see it as a way um, to get God to give you a big and happy life. So what I love about this is the abundance that God gives us so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Isn't that interesting? It's like it just takes it for granted that the abundance that God's grace would bring into your life would be so that you could do good works for others. I just love that. 
And uh, let's go on to verse 9 context-wise because it, I think it will even fill that in more. So it says, In all things at all times you may abound in every good work. Verse 9, As it is written, He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Now there's such richness here in these verses that we don't even have time to go into it all, but the context will help us, which is this. Paul is talking about um, a collection being taken up and shared with other churches and how their generosity, their willingness to give, their willingness to give as a group um, is overflowing not only in thanksgiving to God, but also in help for the people who are being helped. And it also causes the uh, gospel to go forward. And so it's awesome. And um, let's go back up to verse 6 because we know from verse 8 it says, And God is able. So we, we need to know what that and is there for. So we'll go back up to verse 6. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That means not because someone's making you or guilt-tripping you. For God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, And not only that, verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. The overall picture that Paul is giving us here of Christian charity is it's about so much more than giving, although giving is a part of it. It's never about being guilt-tripped into it or made to do it. It's never about give to God so that he will make you rich so you can have a big, happy life. It's about the spiritual power and the effects in our heart and the effects in the world for the gospel that's seen when Christians are generous in every good work, which means even more than just money, but in hospitality, in forgiveness, when we're generous with forgiveness, when we're generous with opening our homes, when we're generous with our time, and yes, when we're generous with our money. And I love the we. So there's a big we to all this. Paul's talking not to one rich donor or to a small group of you know, givers or something. He's talking to the whole church in Corinth. And the, um, the people of Macedonia saying that Achaia has been ready since last year. Your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I'm sending the brothers that are boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter so that you may be ready. So it's a big collection among many churches. And then Paul ties it into, you know, that Christian giving, like everything else, is an outworking of the grace of God in our lives. Okay? That's great stuff. Oh, also, the last thing, where can we see Jesus in these verses? Um, when Paul goes to verse 9 and says, as it is written, so he talks about the sufficiency in all things at all times. He goes into verse 9 and says, as it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor his righteousness and dears forever. 
he's referring to Christ there. And we know because he goes to verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit when Christ was ascended to heaven. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through all uh, through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Um, when Jesus Christ gave himself uh, away, his life, from that gift, God was able to save many and all who are willing to come to Christ. And the church was born out of the generous gift that Jesus made of his life. And so we follow Christ and live into his example whenever we practice uh, this kind of generosity. And I think we should always look at that because otherwise you're just giving because you feel like it or because it'll make you feel better or because you feel guilty. And those are just never good reasons to give. I mean, it's better than not giving, I suppose, but the Bible shoots higher. It wants us to give because we see what Christ has given to us in all of his efficiency and his grace. All right, guys, it's so good to join you for a new year and whatever time of year you've begun to listen to this program or pick back up on it. I'm glad you're here, and we'll see you next time.